Walter Nash Grishrahado de Coral et Mars, Igor Le Airgrid, Bemesi Le Dine Kailul, on Common Lu Class Gale, Agastas Suligum, Gumanishiv Tanibas. I remember saying to him, this is some trip, Sean Murray. This is unbelievable. <laughs> he says, it's not a trip, Muggsy, it's, it's a tour. And I was like, no, but you know what I mean? He says, no, I don't. Proud there again, D&G. Hold there again, D&G. Dalsing Cavana. Yeah, it's LNG anyway, Larry and Galvin anyway. That's the brand name in here. This season, the show is brought to you by Airgrid. They're the proud sponsors of the Under-20 All-Ireland Football Championship. Not only is Airgrid delivering a cleaner energy future for Ireland, they are invested in development of our most promising GA players and the managers that helped them to shine. Welcome back to another episode of Corale Tomas, and I'm delighted to say, in association with Airgrid, we have Matty Ford from Wexford with us. I got to know Matty a long time ago on a, on a, a trip to Australia. We've stayed in touch ever since. Delighted to say that Matty's joining us uh, from the morning after of a wedding. So, Matty, you, you have a fine, fresh head in your fair play, sure. Uh, how are things with you? You're enjoying golf, you're enjoying the leisure. The, your lockdown isn't bothering you too much if you're going to weddings and enjoying yourself. No, actually, we were the lads were slagging me at the wedding yesterday. This is actually the first, I'd say, it's the, it's definitely the first wedding I've been at since my own wedding, which was <laughs> literally just before lockdown. It was in February of 19 or 20, sorry. So, um, it's the first, literally the first time getting back out. So we made the best of it all right. It was a great day, so it was. And uh, it's nice to actually get back to just a bit of normality, which is, you know, it's kind of nearly a first since since all this uh, madness, I suppose, has taken place. So look, it's nice to get back on the back on the road. Um, I played golf with you outside. And I did, we did a lot of things out in Australia, actually. A lot of things we shouldn't <laughs> have been doing as well. But you were playing golf in the old head lately. There's nothing like it on this island, I don't think, for a golfing man. I, to be honest, and, and, and a lot further afield than that, I, it's, I, I've been trying to explain it to fellas since, and I, you can't, I don't think you can put it into words for anyone who likes or enjoys their golf, um, and who's, who's been lucky enough to play there, and we probably won't, won't, might not get to play there again, um, but it's just Wait, did unbelievable. You, did, you, did you cause fucking trouble down there? No, we didn't, we were kind of, not told in no uncertain terms, but I think it was kind of, made clear to us in a nice way, when the American tourists get back, they're not going to want the likes of us down there, no, we didn't dig up the place or anything. Absolutely, absolutely. But oh, look at absolutely spectacular. And for anyone that enjoys their golf, why, geez, if you get a chance to play there, that is some place to play, as you, as you know yourself. And we were blessed to have a, a spectacular day in it as well. But it's just an amazing, amazing place. I was, um, I don't know, I mentioned I was chatting to somebody there lately, and um, I said, Matty plays a pile of golf, yeah. And he says, Jesus Christ, Matty could have made it as a rugby player. What height are you? And, and tell me the connection with the rugby. What position number one were you? I I guess that you're either a full. I'd say a full back, Matty. No, I actually most of me most of me rugby. That's very much in inverted commas. I played out half. So a good friend of mine um, was involved with Corey Rugby Club. So they were they were playing. He was he ended up being captain of the thirds, which wouldn't have been the most glamorous position, shall we say, at the time. So. He had to gather up a third rugby team. There was we had 15, 14 footballers, most of them who had played for Wexford at one level or another, and all lads from around the locality, uh, from three clubs: Kylnear, Castletown. Colin Morris actually was my scrum half, and he was a serious rugby player as well, and definitely could have made it. Um, but uh, and we had one token as a wee calling, We had one token Protestant playing prop, so we needed one fella just to make it, you know, to make it realistic. So uh, we ended up we won the Southeast Thirds Cup, and uh, I was playing out half, and I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm, I really regret not being able to play more of it. But 
as you well remember at the time when we would have been playing football, the National League obviously start was played pre and pre and after Christmas. Yeah. So you literally went from your club season straight into pre-season with a county or maybe straight into the middle of the National League. So I never got a chance to play over the winter, but it's something I, I really regret not being able to play more of. And I absolutely loved it. And I'm a big rugby fan as well. What level did you play at? Like, was it was it a kind of case? Was it junior B football level or was it a higher level than that in terms of rugby? No, I, I most of it was at junior B. Um, I remember playing up in, up in Dublin one day. So it was J3, what it would have been called. So the top level, I suppose, or one of the higher levels of, it's, it's below junior rugby. Um, Jesus so Christ, like J1 dangerous, would, Matty. It was raw enough. A fella hit me one day. A fella, he got sick of me kicking the ball one day to half the length of the field up in Malahide. And I was literally kicked the ball from my own line and I was landing down in the far 22. And he, this fella, about six foot five and about 20 stone, came straight through my chest with his shoulder. And I swear to Jez, he hit me in Malahide and I landed in swords. He hit me that hard. But uh, look, it was rough, but sure. I'll tell you, it was no different than playing football against the likes of you and, <laughs> and some of them northern fellas. It was, it was nothing, it was legal playing rugby, that was all. Was there any moment in the rugby where you said, fuck, I have to, I have to reassess the situation here. I think I'm going to fucking end in my party. Right, right that second when that fella hit me, because he absolutely poisoned me. I had one leg on the ground and the other one was up around here somewhere. And he just came, it was like getting hit by a car. But uh, no, look, it was, it, was actually, it, was, it was actually very enjoyable. And I said, Obviously, look at it. It's a tough enough game, but I do, I do regret not being able to play more of it, and uh, I really would have liked to have played more of it. But that's not going to happen at this stage, I don't think. Wex, in I might, be, I, I do, I'm not wrong. There's three counties in Ireland that have that have four in a row in football, and Wexford are one of them. Is Wexford, and there's a pile of of dual stuff on in, in Wexford. When you were growing up, Matty, was it football or hurling? Was it in a dual club? And the dream was maybe to do both when you were younger. I suppose when we were younger, um, we played a bit of everything. So that's where the golf would have came from as well, um, and the rugby. And we like during the during the summer we played tennis. Like we literally played anything that was going. So my club was a dual club, but we were very definitely um, more football. We were senior football club where we were probably junior hurling at best now we ended up we won junior hurling we won intermediate hurling and I was playing on both of those teams and ended up playing senior but we wouldn't we would never be regarded as a hurling club so it was all football I just wanted to play I didn't care what it was at that stage I just wanted to play so whatever was going and I played fo- I played hurling with the club um up till 2010 I had an operation a fairly serious operation on my back and at that stage I kind of said to myself well I'm not going to be able to keep playing a game every week. I'm just not able to. So obviously football was always going to win out. But like I played loads of hurling and, and really enjoyed it. And um, again, it's probably look I could have played a bit more. Um, I was in the senior hurling panel in Wexford for a while, but I just I just didn't think it was for me at the time. So but football was always going to be number one. I was I I'm involved in a club here in management in in Cork in an intermediate club, and um, geez, Cork is a huge county and the way they have to can plan everything in terms of hurling weekends and football weekends and all that. Do you think it, I think it does hurt Cork. Do you think it hurts Wexford? And I'm not saying it hurts it more in football and it hurts it more in hurling. Do you think it hurts Wexford? Like the days of the duel, does it hurt you more as a county to have more duel players are hurling and football strong? I think it has to. Um, like, if you look at the senior hurling team now, there's probably Wexford senior hurling. There's probably five or six fellas, three or four fellas in that who would walk on to the senior football team. When we were playing, you know, around 2006, seven, eight, the likes of Brian Malone, Kieran Ling, Redmond Barry, definitely would have walked on to the senior hurling team. But in fairness to them, like we were going well at the time. Um, 
you know, relatively speaking, the Hurlers didn't play a match in Croke Park for seven years in a row around that era. We were playing three and four games a year in it. And like we were, you know, we were competitive with, with anyone we're playing with. So the lads decided to stick with Hurling. There's no doubt about it. And I've said this to, to anyone that, that would ask you or would, would when it ever a conversation to come up that like you look at the amount of guys in counties, the likes of the northern counties where there's really only football or you know, the Tipperary, where it's predominantly hurling, or Kerry, where it's predominantly football, it's very hard to get really good at one sport doing it all the time. If you're trying to split yourself in two and do it hurling 50% of the time, football 50% of the time, it's very hard to get to the top. Um, and absolutely, it's it's. I'm not saying a hurt Wexford. All the lads will play both and love playing both. But I mean, it's very hard to to perfect something trying to do it uh, half the time, it would, be, would be my opinion on it. And then... I think it can actually be done, but it takes such an effort. There's such amount of time goes into football, such amount of time goes into hurling. But then if the communication isn't there, and as ma- as well as people will say out in the open, they're still minding their own patch, like aren't they, when it comes back down to it? Like? Uh, of course they are. And look, at we have the absolute same situation in our own club where 90% I'm coaching our senior football team and 90% of the lads play both. And you have to accommodate them to want to play, and that's fine. And I played, I played hard myself, so I, I, I know the situation. But I mean, you absolutely want to look after your own patch. You know, selfishly, I would love to have them fellas three nights a week, not away playing hurling, or the, the potential of getting a, an injury sticking your hand up to catch a hurling ball or something like that. Um, no, within reason, no one is going to pull on you in a football match with a hurl. So selfishly, you want them there. But look at that's the they're the cards we were dealt, and you just have to get on with it. And it is very frustrating, but. We've kind of we've never known any different. So I'd love to be in the situation where I would go to train a club, preferably my own, that you have the lads all the time. But I think that little break away from it and that bit of freshness or that bit of doing something else means when they come back, we I I I've found that we're getting them in, in in a good position where they're they're mad for road and, and that's important too because I think if not the whole thing can get a bit stale. Do you like the management? Jesus, I I have a I don't know I have, I have a low tolerance for people in general, Matty, and fucking patience runs short. And yeah. I, I remember myself as a young fella, and I, I must have been a nightmare to handle when I was 17, 18, 19, because it was all crack. Club management is a fucking nightmare for, for trying to get it going. I can imagine now, and I know I have a similar situation with the dual stuff, but Jesus Christ, when you come from a, a background where you were, everybody was in, the intercounty stuff must be easier Commitment at club is fucking tough. Like I don't know what it's like. You no, know, it's a massive challenge now, and I suppose young fellas now are different than we were. Like you know, we're not we're not seventy or anything, but twenty years ago when we were, you're 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 starting out in your intercounty journey. All we want to do is play football. The what like obviously there is the same distractions for young fellas now, but it just it's very hard. To, like I, I just find with and our lads are a good bunch of lads to train. I have to say that the commitment they're just not as committed. You know everything. You know, any excuse topped out or go for a night out in this grand, you know, look at, and I'm preaching to convert it with you. We trained hard, but we were able to have a bit of crack as well. And I've been trying to get that across to lads. Okay, you can do both. I don't want you to train seven days a week. You don't need to do that. But when we are training, I just want you to train. And it is like, you would be pulling your hair out. And I am, um, because look, we've trained and played at a decent level and I'm trying to get fellas to buy into that. And look, it's hard because they don't understand it. And that's fine. But like playing was a lot easier. You turned up, you trained, you went home. Like now, this different stuff you have to deal with. Like as you know, as I said is just as baffling. But look, I suppose they're the, they're the times. And I, I suppose I look, I, I presume everyone's dealing with the same kind of stuff. Yeah. Do, do you like the? Are you hands on with the coaching, or do you enjoy that part of it? Is it something that you'd? I know you've been involved in different Wexford teams down the 
down the years, but Matty Ford would be the, the name, the, the, the all-star that Wexford have. Is it something that you see yourself continuing on, or is it something that you're not too sure about? Are you definite you want to go down that road with it, like? No, I think I do, yeah. And like to be honest, ninety nine percent of it's going to be with my own club. I I've done bits of coaching with other teams and even across the border into Wicklow and that. But exactly what you started off this conversation about was really frustrating. And look at I I've kind of resigned myself to the fact if I'm going to be frustrated, at least I'm going to be frustrated with my own fellas. Um, yeah. because you know my club has been very good to me for the duration of my career, and it's just about giving something back to them. Look at at there might be a time comes when. I go elsewhere and do a bit of coaching. At the moment, I'm more than happy doing it with my own club. I would much prefer to be playing. And I think anybody that's played will 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 tell you that. And, and it's, you, like, you know yourself. But look, at it's the next best thing. And, you know, like, I suppose lockdown prove it. You know, if we're not doing that, what the name of Jesus are we going to do? Um, It's what we kind of know best. And, like, very and very much hands-on, sorry to answer your question. I, I wouldn't be, a, I wouldn't be, like, being involved with a team as a manager. I want to coach and I want to be out in the middle of fellas and that kind of thing. And that's, Maybe I'm shy at it. I don't know, but that's what I enjoy the most anyway. I know that. Do you, are you enjoying football at the moment? I know it went through a few years where people were freaking complaining. Do you like modern day football? I think it's I think it's going back in the right direction. Um is it enjoyable? Like you have a certain amount of games that are, are absolutely competitive. Obviously, the Ulster Championships competitive, Car Kerry are competitive, you know. Leinster outside Dublin is competitive. It's decent to watch, absolutely. It's far better than the defensive stuff we were watching five, six, eight years ago. Um, most teams are trying to have a cut now, which absolutely is enjoyable. But unfortunately, there's just inevitability about the whole thing. Um, like unfortunately, we know what the end game is going to be nine times out of ten. Um, you're still seeing that the hammers handed out between the Division One and Division Four teams. And I'd just like to get me Wexford plug in there that we didn't get one yesterday off these lads that have won six in a row. But um, look, I think it's it's definitely an improvement on, on where it was four or five years ago. Absolutely, yeah. The, would you like to be playing? Like, I remember now the cornerbacks in my day. Mark would be inside me. Tom Sullivan would be inside me. And I'd get a rollicking at halftime. For fuck's sake, you stay back. There's freaking acres in front of you. Like, would you like to be playing? I, I've no doubt, Matty, you'd survive in the freaking claustrophobic world of the modern day football. Would you like it? Do you think you'd enjoy it as much as you did back in the day? No, I don't think so. Um, I was just saying now, if I ever get reincarnated as a footballer, I'm going to play a cornerback because you'll have 13 <laughs> lads standing in front of you. And I, I hate cornerbacks. And I, I mean that in the best possible way. But like that's that's where you want to play now. Like there's there's more, you've more cover there. Jesus Christ, there's fellas coming from all over the place. Um, but I, 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 to be honest, I wouldn't really like to be playing now. And I've said that for a few years. It's Look, it is a little bit better now than it was. I wouldn't mind playing that carry forward line now or the Dublin forward line, to be honest with you. Um, but in general, no, I wouldn't. And look at... To put it into context, I suppose, playing with Wexford now is like is a tough gig and I've great admiration for the fellas. They're there now. There's two of our own club lads in there that were playing yesterday and, you know, the rewards aren't going to be massive and I've great respect for like the, all the Wexfords, the Sligos, the Carlos, the Waters, any of the lads that's gone out and training four and five nights a week and have huge admiration for what they're doing now. Like, realistically, you know, we were there, thereabouts during my own playing days where we had realistic chances of winning Leinster and, and should have. But, you know, I just, I don't see, I, I, I can't see that there now, unfortunately, for the Wexers of this world. Um, so I, I think it's a tough gig now, in fairness, for a lot of them. And, like, I was just, I was talking to a friend of mine here from Leash yesterday at the wedding. He said, like, the amount of good footballers in Leash who've kind of stepped away and just, you know, they don't see the point. And that's, that's kind of, that's not nice to see either. Um, I was just going to ask unfortunately, you. Unfortunately, it's realistic. I was going to ask you, do you reckon, and 
it's I, I come from a I come from a county where success was kind of expected and we were lucky that we had good teams blah blah and, and people would often say to me you can't see it from the perspective of a weaker county do you reckon a lot of weaker counties that don't have their strongest teams out and after re- most reason all the reason is Jesus Christ why bother like how how can you actually how can you even go about sorting that problem out like I'll tell you if you get the answer to that uh, fair play to you because I don't I don't think there is an answer to it and absolutely I believe that most of the so-called weaker counties the likes of division three and four teams definitely in division four possibly don't have their have their strongest team out I will say in Wexford at the moment anybody that's available of the best 25 30 footballers in Wexford probably are playing um but it's it's a it's a tough challenge and like you can completely understand fellas not wanting to commit to that like you know there has to be some bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Um, they all, and definitely the likes of the Kerrys and the Dublins, I think, would probably find it hard to see that. Like, I remember Pat Spillane saying something years ago that there's 15 footballers in every county to compete with 15 in another county. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you need, you need buy-in, you need the back-in, you, you need a bit of, you need a bit of financial support. Like, it's, you know, the, the life of Wexford footballer or a Carlo footballer or a Sligo footballer, I'd say, is fairly tough at the moment. Um, and just as regards, you know, expenses and getting looked after and then, you know, having nothing at the end of it, nothing tangible at the end of it definitely doesn't make it any easier. I was thinking there, um, when I went in with Kerry and it was freaking back in the day, in the 90s, when we went and you look at a club team now, a club team preparing now in terms of the backroom team, in terms of what they, what would be available to them at half times. I'm thinking small things now, little boxes of food and fruit and water yeah. and stretching materials and all this kind of stuff available at club level. Jesus, at the start of the inter-county career, and it was huge for us because it was a step above. Imagine what club was like back then. You walk into an inter-county. When you walked into the inter-county dressing room with Wexford, what age were you? What, what, what was it like? Was it a big deal for you? And was it a step up at the time? But you look back now and you say, Jesus Christ, that was rough. <laughs> Yeah, look, it definitely was. So I was, I was just out of minor, so I was nineteen, and I'd played a year or maybe two years with the under twenty ones. But it was actually a Kerry man who brought me, who brought me into my first Wexford panel was JJ Barrett. Um, oh, Jesus, yeah, great character, great fella, absolute great fella. And my introduction was my brother Pat was on the panel. It was his first year, I think, and he rings me. He he got off the the phone to JJ, and he says, "Um, JJ, I was only nineteen. All I was worried about was playing for Kyle Nearn." going for a few points and going after women. Literally, that was all. <laughs> Playing football for Wexford, but I wanted it, but it wasn't really on my radar at that stage. I was, I was about 11. It could, have, it could have distracted the other stuff. like <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That getting in the way. So, Pat got a call off JJ. He said, um, and he, he thought she only told the story at my wedding a couple of, a year and a half ago. He says, um, Pat says to me, JJ wants you to come in uh, for a training game on Saturday and we're playing Tipperary in Thurles in the league on Sunday. And, my answer to him apparently was a few expletives as in like what the fuck does you want me to come in here like are you i presume he was taking the piss because it wouldn't have been unlike him so i went in anyway my first day talking out for wexford i was the sub goalkeeper um <laughs> i got through number 16 jersey in the over in the corner and i looked at it, it was the sub goalkeeper jersey what the fuck is this about but uh like i was in there i was in that dressing room scott dorn who unfortunately is no longer with us john harrington no longer with us. Guys like that in there who li- you were literally looking up to because John Harrington was a monster of a man. I was going, 
geez, I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong dressing room here. I think the minor match was on earlier or something like that. But I look, and I found my feet fairly quick. But like, to go back to answer your, your original question, it was fairly bog standard. Like, we used to train in the same ground as the hurlers in Patrick's Park and in Escorty. Um, before to have the, the luxurious surrounds now of, of our centre of actions, which is top class in fairness. But like, we used to go into a little hut for tea and biscuits after training. The hurlers are going to Murphy Flood for steak dinner, and that's <laughs> that's no word of a lie. So, but like, this coming from where we were training with the club, and we like, we had a good club team, was lucky to win a good few championships. We were training seriously with the club, but this was a little bit of a step up, but it actually wasn't major at the time. Um, but getting the tea and biscuits after training, now you seem like you're a, a premiership soccer player. So, oh, you know, and things things graduated a bit from that, thankfully. But yeah, it was a bit, a bit of an eye opener. When and I know you had you had fierce success and very very unlucky to get a Leinster, not to win a Leinster. When did you think? Whoa! Or when was it over a period of time? Well, obviously, it wasn't one decision or one. Was it a manager in? Was it like you always had? You worked. I never knew that Tommy Carr was involved below. Paul Beelan, you played under Paul Beelan, like the managers you played under. Was there yeah. anything that, that said, whoa, there was a change? Was it Jason Ryan or what was it? Well, the, the first, actually, JJ would have been the one who kind of started something in motion. Now, it didn't really click into gear. That was 99. It didn't really click into gear till about 04 when Pat Rowe came. And um, as JJ, one of JJ's great sayings was Pat Rowe had a bit of BJs about him and he really started putting a bit of belief. But like there was a core of lads there um, had been around a while, kind of myself, Morris, Red Barry, David Murphy, Philip Wallace, Paddy Colfer, Eric Bradley, uh, five or six lads. And we kind of subconsciously said, look, we're sick of getting beaten the whole time. And we had to step it up. And we thankfully we did. Now look at, there was very little at the end of it, but where we were coming from, like arguably, we were at a lower ebb than Wexford in 99 and Wexford are at the moment where we were stuck in division four. You're we winning an odd game, had not, not winning a championship match every five years, I'd say. And eventually kind of lads, we had enough lads, enough good players that just got sick of it. And it wasn't, we didn't sit down and have a meeting about it. It kind of happened through a lot of lads just working really, really hard. But Pat Rowe definitely would have been the start. Now in fairness, the likes of Michal Furlong and Jar Halligan and like genuine really good Wexford people were there with JJ and they carried it on and Tommy Carr came in with them and Dom Toomey came in with them but Tommy Carr was only with us like for about six months and I would love to have had him for a period of time I thought he was excellent and that would have been the start where we we started to see a more professional attitude from the top and as you know yourself that filters down but if he like okay so if he knuckled down and you got serious about your training the Leinster Championship that time was still... Dublin weren't what they are now. The Leinster Championship, no. Kildare were going well, um, Leash possibly. Me. It was still... You could cause an upset and you, like... Jesus Christ, you had a few great years, didn't you? Sure, look, at Leinster that time was wide open. And sure, like, Westmead won their Leinster. Leash won. Mead won. Like, Offaly were really strong at the time. And, like, we were... we The only team we couldn't beat and we kept stumbling on Dublin, like... We lost, I think it was four championship matches in six years to Dublin by less than two, by two points or less. And like it probably if we'd have gotten over Dublin once, we were going to win Leinster. That was like that's what we would have felt. And we just we just couldn't get over him. We had a massive mental block with Dublin. We genuinely believe we could beat him, but we never did. And like people say, Oh, look, you're unlucky and you're this. If you don't beat him, you don't beat him, as you know yourself. And yeah. you know, there's no being unlucky. You, 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 no one hands you and you have to earn it. And look at we just weren't good enough at the time. And it's looking back, it's a massive pity because we're so far away from winning Leinster now. It's it's like you know back in the in the late eighties, early nineties, all over again. Yeah, it's 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 
you, I don't know. I don't see anything like Kerry seemed to be dominating down on Munster. I know Tipperary won, but that was a complete curveball in the situation that you had. Yeah. You have Dublin dominating above in, in Leinster, and I do think that they're going to do something about the provincials. But I, I don't know what format it'll take. I, I, it's hard. I don't think you'll you'll please everybody anyway, Matty. That that was what was your in terms of football. What do you think was your best year of football? Was it 04? My own, yeah. Look at personally, absolutely. Um, like I, I would have played really well in 08. I was a bit maturer. I was physically bigger and all that. But like as regards football and scoring, which I suppose primarily was my job, it was like it was a no-brainer. I, I missed the first game in 04. I, I was best man at my brother's wedding. And we played, I missed the Armagh game up in Cross Midland and I missed that. So I played the next, the other six games and I think I scored 8.36 in the six leagues games. And then <laughs> I think it was 3.34 in the championship. That was the year I took your football or the year I took your car, by the way, <laughs> as you well know. Um, so like in, I think it was, but it was 10, 10 games I think I played and I scored 11.70 in the 10 games and I'd say 90% of it was in play like and like every year is not like that as you well know so I personally by, I'd say by a long way that was my best, best season alright nobody wanted to fucking mark you I remember that there was uh, you got footballer there was two footballers of the year and you got the, there was a car going for one so everybody would be fucking looking oh you have a good chance there you have a good chance there and Matty got the car, and I was saying, oh, for fuck's sake, even if they could give us half a car, what did you do with the car, Matty? Did you keep the fucking car? What did you do with it? I, I, I didn't keep the car. I sold it. I, the car went straight back to the safe garage, and I discarded the fare, and I got a decent few pounds for it. But look, at, and at the, at the lads in beyond, the, me, my brother's top of the list was lads in Kyle Nearn, keep reminding me, if there hadn't been you and Gooch on that, uh, <laughs> on that short list of five, we all fucking know who would have been the footballer of the year. <laughs> Not at all. Um. What was I going to say? Was was it something when you look back, would you regret the fact that you didn't? Like you saw what Westmeath achieved, you saw what Leash achieved, um, Louth possibly should have achieved it. And was it something that you look back and no one say, fucking hell. Like, because I always do it. I always do it with the, we had fierce success like, but I, I'd be lying if, if I said that we didn't get over the line with, with, with Tyrone. That kind of mental block as you were on about like. Yeah. Would that still cry you like? Yeah, absolutely. Like, and it's strange. I don't know whether it's an Irish thing or it's a, a GA thing or what it is. Like, even still, I played in nine senior football county finals with the club, and it's the ones I lost. Yeah, I still think about and talk about more than the ones they actually won. You know, and we should be bloody grateful for what we did win. Oh, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it is the, the biggest regret. And I remember something Pat Rowe said to us, and it stuck in my head. We went to play Dublin in two thousand and five, and we actually went to Kerry the week before, and we played ye in a challenge game in Killarney. And actually, it was it was quite competitive. Kerry beat us in the end. Um, I had the pleasure of Tom Sullivan for half a match, and then Aidan O'Mahony after that. And uh, we dropped down, however, about 17 hours on a bus. He ran the shite of us on the Friday night, and then we were to play Kerry on the Saturday morning. Now, look, it was really competitive, but I remember him saying, we went to play Dublin the following week, and they beat us by two points, and it was sick. And I guess I'll never forget it. And he said to us early that year, we, we, lads, you will sit on your on a high stool at the end of your career, and if you don't have a Leinster medal, you will always regret it. Because in fairness, he he knew we were good enough to win one, and we probably knew we were good enough to win one, but we don't. But it's it's the biggest regret I have, absolutely. Um, were we going to win in All Ireland at the time? I don't think so. Uh, if we had if we had beaten Tyrone in 08 and we played that Kerry team, it could have got very messy for us. We were a decent team, but we weren't good enough to beat that Kerry team, your Kerry team. Um, but we were good enough to win Leinster and probably a couple of them. So it's 
It does. It's it's really it does still bother me. And um, you try and say no, it doesn't, but it, it absolutely does. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because it's hard to explain then to people outside the bubble. Had you good times that time? Like when you had that success with J- what? Like what did Jason Ryan seem to get the most out of you? What did the managers like? What did they bring? Was it that they brought him more professional, or was he good one on one, or was it that the whole group was it just there was a good feeling around Wexford football at the time? Yeah, well, Raw, Pat Raw in, in all four and all five, yeah. just, I, I, it's very hard. It would have been a more professional approach now. Jason Ryan brought that to a whole new level again, literally a whole new level. But Pat Rowe would have been the first who really, you know, we really bought into it. And he brought a bit more, I suppose, as, as JJ would have said, a bit more bejesus to the whole thing where he kind of got us believing that we could. And we could, like, we, we were good enough that we, and we should have won. But Ryan, like, Ryan brought it to a whole new level. Jesus Christ. It was everything. His, 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 like, like he actually says now, and it's quite funny. He didn't meet us. Like Jason, when he took over Wexford, I think he was only thirty-one, so he's only three or four years older than me. So he wouldn't meet us all together at the start. He met us individually because he said he was too intimidated, which I found very funny. But he was so good, both on the field, off the field, one-on-one. Like you, I said, loads of people, you literally be getting video stuff or a message at four o'clock in the morning. Like you'd be thinking, does this fucker ever go to sleep? Like, <laughs> you know. And lads obviously respond to that because they said, look, if he's putting the effort, as I said, it comes from the top down. If he's putting in this sort of effort, you kind of have to reciprocate that. But we knew fairly quick this fella knew what he was on about. And, uh, you know, it was just nice then to be in an environment where you felt like you were going really, really going the right direction. And you say in comparison to the, it's not, can you compare the training that you were doing at the very start? Like the commitment now that the Wexford footballers and any team, I would say that the commitment is the same, the time is the same, everything is the same. Was that the, was it, and I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, was that always the case with Wexford? No, in terms of absolutely not. Commitment? So, no, so like the first couple of years I played, and like I said, JJ, the first year I was there, JJ was there, and the physical training was a six-lap run of the pitch and six sets of shuttle runs carrying bricks. Now it was tough going. Oh, but I'd say there wasn't a lot of science behind it. If I'm if I'm being realistic and look at it was look at it was great crack and it, it kind of kick started the thing into motion. But then like I said, Jason just brought a whole new level of of like he's 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 a background in sports science and stuff like that and psychology and everything and all those things added together. And like we knew nothing about him. He had won a senior championship, he'd come in and won a senior championship with Clung Ian. He only and he only joined him halfway during the year. They were more or less out of championship and he ended up winning it. And um, I would would have and still am would be very friendly with Paddy Colfer and he was singing this fella's praises like as regards his organisation everything else but like still a complete unknown at Hinter County level, yeah. um but he was just he was he was fantastic like um and you know he got he got a great tune of us and you know I think he enjoyed it as well he he certainly enjoyed his time there but the difference in ninety nine to oh eight was literally like there and there you know it was. It was it was chalk and cheese, literally, you know. But like that's that's the way it's gone, and I absolutely agree with you. I don't think fellas are spending much more time at, but like there's far more science. Like we never lifted a weight till properly till 2008. So like my first seven eight years playing with Wexford, I was 11 and a half stone. In the in the Leinster final in 08, I was 14 and a half stone. So like there's a you're, massive you're tall, difference. Like what are you six four five? No, no, six, six, two, six, but just on the point of six, three. But like, obviously, I was, I was only, I started at nineteen. But like, I was, I grew in, kind of grew into myself. But doing, doing the weights and just like anyone, obviously, that's done it and everyone that's playing football now, it just gives you so much more confidence both going into tackles and winning. It's just everything, you know, where you can hand off fellas or hold fellas off, whatever. Like looking back now, that's one of my biggest regrets that we weren't getting proper S and C at the start of our time, at the start of my time, 
and all of our time, no one knew any different in Wexford. Or like I, I think I, I like I could have been a good bit better than I actually was. That group of players, Matty, had you good crack? Had you were you tight? Like you socialised well? Um, I know you wouldn't be into that crack now, but uh, no, you, no, you possibly did uh, enjoy yourselves when you got the chance. When when you were that successful, did you get John? Did you go on any training holidays? Did you go abroad? Did you have holidays or? Yeah, yeah. Look, at I, I would have went out very rarely with the lads, as you know. I, I'd be, I'd I be a, 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 a shy social character. No, we had, and I look at everyone says this. No, we were, we were very tight. We were very tight. Like they're, they're a great crew of lads, and we'd, we'd meet up now, not often enough, because lads are married and kids and all the rest of it now. And I said, even like unfortunately, Scott Dorn and and John Harrington are no longer with us, and these lads are only a few years older. But um, no, it was, it was they're a great crew of lads, and I think like. As you well know yourself, you need that. You, you can't go anywhere without it. Um, it's not to be all and end all, but it definitely helps. And now look, we were, in fairness, we were on a couple of training camps in Spain. We were in Thailand a couple of times. We we're on various different holidays. And like all that, um, I think lads buy into that and it, it definitely helps. No, you, you don't get to know fellas properly training. Um, yeah. you, like you absolutely need nights out and you, know, you find out the real character no more than ourselves. Um, you know, you, you'd have opinions of fellas off the field that, or that you see on the field, but you really only get to know a fellow when you when you can sit down and, and actually have a chat to him, you know. Somehow, whether that's whether whether that's good or bad. <laughs> somehow, I think uh, that trip to Thailand, you were lucky, men. There was no Snapchat or fucking Twitter out there that time. Literally, I only said it to I was the, the wedding I was at last night. He said, and the the former MF footballer Johnny Hanratty was at. He was just saying, if there was, we'd be we'd all be in jail, and you know that better than I do. Um, and I look at it, it, it was it was great and it was it was a lot simpler. There was none of that nonsense and there was no need to be. But um look at it was nicer. Like even the all-star trip or going to Australia to play the international rules, like I would have never ever seen that on the radar. Um and like to do stuff like that and to get to know lads from other counties, Joe, it was just jeez, for me it was great because someone from Wexford going to play with Ireland, like I would have been very intimidated the first time I went to Irish trials. Um I just said like I'm I'm out of my league here and I probably was the first time I went, but in all four, certainly coming off the year that I had and going into addressing them with yourselves and the Tyrone fellas and all, you know, I said, look, I can, I can actually hold me on here and uh, you know, just to meet other fellas and see, look at, look at the very same as us. These lads like having a bit of crack too, and you know, but um, the All Star was, was huge, Matty, and people say, oh, we don't uh, pay much. I know for a fact that Kerry footballers uh, really fucking think an All Star is is a huge deal. Like, so it was a massive deal for you, like. To have the All Star in zero four, wasn't it? Yeah, look, absolutely. Of course, it was I look at, and I've always said I I never got much um, satisfaction of playing well in the game. You get none of it. I, I wanted to win, and I wanted yeah. to win for the team because you know. And look at the All Star in the footballer year was great. I would I like I would gladly hand them back for a Leinster final. I didn't win a Leinster final, but I am I like I'm delighted to have um to have won an All Star. Of course, you are. I I think anyone that says they're not, I think is it would be. Would be spoofing, um, like to be and to be the only Wexford footballer to have one, like is is a is a massive thing. Um, look, it is for me anyway. Um, like people still mention it to me, and it's what seventeen years ago at this stage. So, some people must put some heat in it anyway. And look, at I'm 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 still delighted to have it and very 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 proud of it. You mentioned the the Aussie Rules trip two thousand and five, and I was, I don't know, let's say lucky or unlucky enough to be on the same trip. But uh, I just ask you, who was the worst Aussie Rules player? from an Irish side and why was it Gooch? I was just going to say I'm going to have to say Gooch because you've dogged him ever since 2005 
the poor fella I, I, he's not easily upset anyway as far as I know and uh, he won't mind but look at water off a duck's so, back to that fella water uh, off a duck's uh, back absolutely absolutely uh, look at there's, there's and I'll, I'll, I'll we'll regale him someday there's a couple of great stories when that trip as you well know and, and the all-star trip with Gucci what, a, what an absolute character and you know again it's the thing of people see Gucci on the field and he's X, Y, and Z in the field is unbelievable. But uh, behind every footballer, there's a character as well. And uh, by Jiz, he certainly is one of them. But isn't it, isn't it unreal, Matty? Like, okay, you have the Gooch, who was a top footballer in the country for I don't know how many years. And he had the balance, like. It wasn't as if. Yeah. He, he knew how to take his football serious. He knew when to train. He knew when to put the head down. He wasn't doing any more or less than any other player. But he, he had a balance. It doesn't mean you have to go nuts. But the balance was there. I don't know as the balance as much nowadays. To be fair, it 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 doesn't seem that way. And, and like you have to have a like I I um I related to like eating or drinking. If you if you really enjoy steak, if you eat steak seven days a week, you won't be long getting sick of it. You have to have a bit of both. And that's what I was saying. Like you know, you, like we we enjoyed both. You train hard, but you have to have that bit of downtime and get away from it. Whether it be playing golf or whatever something completely different, just something that will take your mind off it because doing anything all the time, I think will eventually drive you mad. And it just like, to be honest, it looks like a few of the Dublin players who have recently stepped away. That seems to be the biggest issue where yeah. it's just literally, it's not a physical thing. I think it's a mental thing. And that's as big a challenge as absolutely anything going forward for anybody playing, playing think, football or hurling at the top level. Yeah. I think the COVID as well, like life is, life is there to be enjoyed as well like and it's not yeah. everybody will say they are enjoying it and I've no doubt that they are even counties that are unsuccessful but or that don't have a chance maybe of winning in Ireland but still there is a balance like when when I see young fellas now and they're raring to go raring to go on a flight raring to go to Spain raring to go to the Canaries whatever it is and have a bit of fun and a bit of life again like and sometimes I don't know have we got the balance wrong Do you know going back to the and I, geez, I was lucky enough. I got on lots of trips with freaking teams down the years. That 2005 trip to Australia was one of the best. I think I had a freaking hatred of getting on the plane because the Tyrone fellas were on it. 2005 thereafter, beating us for the second time. I didn't know them. I didn't want to know them. And then you got onto the plane and you were out. And then we had a few beers first night. And you get to know them. I didn't know the Irish GAA. Unlucky that we got on so well, the whole group, because. We seem to enjoy ourselves, Matty, a lot more than we actually fucking played football. Poor old Pete McGrath must have been saying at some stage, Jesus Christ, I picked the wrong fucking move. Well, he must have thought, he definitely didn't think he brought the 30 fellas he had in Ireland the previous year anyway. He must have thought he had everybody, the 30 imposters. But... Everybody was fucking praying and doing their best to get on the plane. And once they were on the plane... <laughs> it, was game, no. it, was, it was kind of game over, to be fair. Um I look at it, as as I was saying earlier on. I think like there, like behind every footballer, there's a character and there's a person, and it's just nice. And I would have ha- had a, a, absolutely a massive inferiority complex to the Kerry lads, that literally everyone I was playing with when I when I went to Ireland trials first, because I said like I'm from Wexford. These fellas don't rate us, they don't respect us, they don't give a shite about us, they don't think we're any use. This kind of thing. But I said like you you soon kind of realise first of all, I can compete here, I can hold me on, and second of all. These fellas are no different than us. Like I remember vividly coming back from from the All Star trip in 04, which would have been my first trip, apart from a couple of ones with Leinster, where we were. Remember, they used to, we were lucky, lucky enough to play at one final in Paris again against Ulster, I think it was. But it was my first trip away, where it was actually kind of quite social as well as playing a bit of football. And I said, 
Jesus Christ, them Kerry boys, like you see them on telly, they're serious, they're winning all Ireland every second year. I, I remember vividly said that them are mad bastards. And the one fella that stuck in my head was Kirby. Kirby is mental, right? But like, I mean, in the best possible way. And like that goes, that's across the board with, with any of the fellas, including all the lads on the old vibe trip, obviously. And William Kirby was one of the best trainers you'd ever see. Jesus Christ, up the front of the runs constantly. He was a hard man, a genuinely hard man. But unbelievable fun then off it like yes, you know what I absolutely. enjoyed about the, the Aussie rules and I'll ask you about the actual game in a second but Pete obviously took it very seriously and I'm not saying we didn't take it seriously we trained and we trained when we needed to train we took the game serious but that game did you find it hard Matt like in terms what, what would you say genuinely now is it a freaking game you'd say you'd need to be training three four five weeks solidly twice a week on it going through it when you think of the analysis that goes into teams now you know the same preparation possibly wasn't there it's it's impossible to have it there you can't have it there in the time frame can't. teams coming together yeah. it's it is a it's a tough gig for a manager isn't it absolutely it's it's a bit kind of I said this to someone actually only lately. It's a bit like the international rugby manager now where you only get the players for a very small window, maybe before the Six Nations or at the moment it's the it's the summer the summer series to start and might have them for five, six days. And that's I know like I know we were going to Dublin. You probably wouldn't have been there because you were in all Ireland semi final, final most years where you couldn't get there. You couldn't get the training. Um so like we were going to Dublin for maybe a Friday and maybe stay overnight and, and train on Saturday. You're doing two sessions a week. But you aren't really doing two sessions a week. Like you can't do two full sessions in the space of 12 hours with each other. And like looking back in Australia, sure, what we done was kind of a bit mental, to be fair. We went out on, maybe got there on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday. The first test was the following Friday. Like we trained maybe five days in a row. Yeah. You know, coming up to it. Like if you were here in the heat, in the savage heat, if you were preparing for a Leinster, Munster final, and other semi-final, you're not going to train five days in a row. Yeah. We kind of had to do it because we're trying to squeeze in what you were saying is get the preparation done. But I mean, come that come that first test, we were absolutely, looking back, we were out on our feet. What we were doing was crazy stuff like. I remember and, when, um, <laughs> if you look back on YouTube and you, you Google in Chris Johnson and Aussie Rules and uh, Jesus Christ was like, I don't know, it was like a man going bananas. He was swinging left, right, oh. and Philip Jordan got caught in the middle of it. I was just wondering, because I was sitting on the bench beside Gooch, who was fucking talking to Dr. Khan at the time about how he was concussed. Where were you when, when Chris Johnson went sledging? I was, I was on the end of it. So if you look back, I was one of the three. It was myself. I actually... <laughs> People are saying to me, what were you running in for? I went in to see was McGuigan okay. I was doing fuck all to be Chris I Johnson. fucking have McGuigan alone. <laughs> I went in, I went in stupidly, natural reaction, ran in to see if he was okay, and just bang, and I was out cold as well. And when I remember looking back at it, um, Andy Lynch, he got it as well. So there was three of us on the ground at one stage, and about four lads climbing on his back, trying to calm him down. He was like, he went mental. But uh, I, 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 I regret, I regret, I wasn't beside the goose talking to Doctor Khan, to be honest. I think in between when Chris Johnson hit his first belt and his last belt. Gooch got concussed somewhere, even though you're sitting beside me on the bench. Now, I didn't touch him, but he got concussed in between them. <laughs> I'd, I'd say it was Dr. Khan here. <laughs> <laughs> no, if there was ever a man that enjoyed a trip, it was Dr. Khan enjoyed that trip. Well, you're talking about characters and stuff. Now, there's one of the great characters of GA. I was down in Cork on my stag in November of 19. And um, luckily, got to know the doc that time. And uh, I've kept kept in, in, in contact with him. And I know... He's a great friend of yours and, and, and him of him, are you of him? Um so I rang him 
and I said, look, I'm, I'm down in Cork on such and such night. Will you call in and meet me for half an hour? He said, I certainly will. He came in on a Saturday morning, but I didn't realize, I think it was Patrick Horgan's wedding he'd been at the day before. And, and you know, the doc, the doc is a social man, as you well know. So I said to him, right, I'm in juries in Cork City. First of all, he went to the wrong juries. <laughs> so when eventually he got to us, he sat down and I was chatting to him. And I told a few of the lads, all the lads on the stag obviously were, were GA people and my own club fellas or whatever, and a few of the Wexford lads. And I said, the doc is coming in, like he was wanting to say hello to him. He sat down and he entertained us for about three hours. Hanging, he was, the poor devil. Yeah. He came in, well, the boy, lads are still talking about, in yeah. fairness. And he's one of the, that's what you're talking about in characters in the GA. Like, and probably never hurled or kicked the ball in his life, yeah. but everyone knows Dr. Khan. Oh, he's a legend. He's an absolute legend. Well, I, I've, I know I've held you long enough, Matty. What is the, what's the future hold? Are you happy enough coaching with the club at home? Any freaking ambition to go further? No, um, like I've been involved, as you said, earlier on with a couple of extra teams. I would find it very hard to get involved with another county team as regards another team in Wexford. Um, another, sorry, involved with a county minor team or a county under 21, I just think. And it's a different conversation and you need to keep me here for a couple of days to, to get to the bottom of it. But we just, we're, we, we don't put as much into football as we do in Hurling. And no, they'll, they'll, they might disagree with that and they don't. Um, and it's very frustrating. Um. Like I was involved with a minor team a couple of years ago. I think there's a lot of lads actually playing now. There's probably four or five of them played yesterday, which is nice to see them coming through. But like the, the way they were treated was nothing short of disgraceful. Um, they were like second class citizens, and that was that was me finished. Now I know when Paul took the Wexford job uh, two years ago, I went in with him reluctantly, and I had to I I pulled out of that on my own accord. I was actually working driving a government minister at the time, and the hours were it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And I know Paul obviously since left as well, but. I kind of half regretting going in with him from the point of view is I said I'd never go back and at this stage I definitely never will. Um, I'm happy enough doing a bit with my own club and if the right opportunity came up maybe with another club I would do something but I'm more than happy working away with my own lads of a couple of three or four nephews playing and a couple more on the way up we're probably going to play and just working away with them and lads I would have played with and you know their lads live beside you and friends and neighbours I'm happy enough working away with them and I just I think it's putting something back into the club who would have done an awful lot for me as well. So I'm 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 more than happy with that at the moment. But county county stuff is not on the radar and I don't think it will be. It is, yeah. Straightforward. Um Matty, I've taken up enough of your time. You're you're at a wedding. Day two is on the way. I've no doubt that you'll be central to the whole day. Um I really want to thank you. You you've been one of my all time favourite players outside of it. Then the fact that I've met you socially and get on very well with you actually drives it even further so i'm delighted to have you on by um obviously uh sponsors air grid we're delighted um as well to have matty on board so uh thanks a million matty and we'll catch you soon for a game of golf somewhere and no. i hope you enjoy the day no look at i i really enjoyed the chat tomas and as we were saying earlier like just to get to know the lads from different places and different counties is is one of the like there's lots of tough times playing football for Wexford and lots of hardship and tough training and pre-seasons and training in the muck and the slop. But one of the one of the big takeaways from my time playing football is getting to know fellas from other counties and your good self is very much at the top of the list. Um and look at having a bit of a chat today was a was a pleasure and I was I was always I was never not going to come on and I'll absolutely take you up on that game of golf. And if you can get us out in all head there, I'll be fucking straight back down as well. I'll tell you that no problem. We'll have to get on to Danny Brazil down the old head. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 have a lot more contacts than I have, so you start There's talking no to Danny Razzle then if that's all it takes. Matty, we will do it by all the best and thanks a million.
Thanks again to our sponsor, Airgrid, proud supporters of the Airgrid Under-20 All-Ireland Football Championship and leaders in Ireland's pursuit of a cleaner energy future. Don't forget to follow, subscribe and review. Gormila Mahagar.